In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's March 13th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 108 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And today we're coming to you from somewhere in the space-time continuum. Could be 8 o'clock, could be 9 o'clock, could be 12 o'clock. Could be Tuesday, I don't know. <sighs> oh, I've missed a bit of work then. I've missed a day off, which is going to be difficult, which I definitely don't want to. <laughs> Not this week. So yeah, daylight savings happened today mm-hmm. um, and stuff, and I firmly believe that the day after daylight savings happens should be a holiday. I would, well, no, I don't... I don't Sorry. know if I'd support that because I don't Mondays. get blue days. <laughs> Mondays don't work for library. Monday holidays don't work well for librarians. Yeah, because I don't get blue days when we have holidays on Mondays. So Monday holidays suck. I'm sorry. Yes, it was daylight savings time earlier today, and next week will this time will be the vernal equinox. Mm-hmm. Spring official. Spring will finally have come, and it kind of looks like it may actually feel like it in the next week, which is kind of nice. Yesterday was frickin' beautiful. Yeah. I had too much stuff to do, so I didn't really go outside. But well, like like I said on my my post, yeah, I have a lot of stuff to do, but you know, there there's this sloth thing that happens and <laughs> But but sun Well sloth is still gonna happen in sun, because when it's warm enough my hammock's going up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what does that mean? That means well, there is some knitting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mostly for you. Because we're all being productive and stuff. Yeah. So Adventures in Knitting, you have the interesting stuff. How about you go first? Okay. So I am working on... I have noticed that I did the same thing last year. My springtime in New Zealand socks, the purple niche, mm-hmm. I made it this time last year. Yeah. So it must be a continual cycle that once I come out of the Christmas after lag... Yeah. And I start knitting for myself. I'm like, oh, it's March. It's going to be my birthday. I'm making a pair of socks for me. And usually that winds up being the only thing I've made for myself that that year. Yeah. But So right now I am working on what I call my birthday socks. And they are... Got one done. There we go. Ooh. This is uh, the doctor and... Vincent and the doctor. doctor. That's it. And they oh, are look. the zipper socks pattern. Yeah. Zipper socks pattern by Patty Waters. And it is... Remember who the dyer is? Uh, from the cauldron, maybe? Maybe. I believe so. But we'll it have it is, in the show notes. But. but it is all of the colors of Starry Starry Night. So you've got all these shades of blues and shots of yellow through it. Occasional glint of orange. And it is just has a very subtle sparkle to it, which I really it's like. It's a sparkly yarn. It's a sparkle yarn. So there's that that I am working on. I also have, and this is the reason why I brought this basket. It's not because I have a snake inside of it or any such, you know, entertaining <laughs> nonsense. But I'm... Hi, Peanut. You like my basket? Yeah, I don't have treats in it. Sorry. Yeah, she wants to sniff things. I am working on the Celtic Myth shawl, which is a free shawl that you can download. And I am knitting it Ooh. in... This is some, I believe it's Rowan. Rowan Lightweight DK. Teeny Tiny's Gains, 25 grams. I know. Grams. What I'm going to be learning is I, I am not going to be weaving in ends with all of these things. I need to learn how to do like... Spit splicing? Yes. I need. <laughs> I am going to have to learn how to do that. But Yeah, because you've got a lot of skeins. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a decent amount of yarn, but they're all in itty bitty, you know, skeins of... Yeah. Like, what was it? 25 grams. Yeah, 25 grams gains. So that's how many? 67 meters. Yeah. Yeah, so like every 75, 80 yards, you need to add new skein. 65, 65 meters is, you know, less than 100 meter dash. Yes. <laughs> in sports day. Anyways, so right now this is just going back and forth and back and forth, and all it is is adding on an extra stitch at each end. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of network that is going on. So this is my TV knitting. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is not a lot of brain power that is required. And that is why I keep it in the basket. I, it looks like it's a little um, cylindrical basket, standy-uppy. And 
after the TV show is over, I just put it all back into the basket and put it back up on my shelf. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I have my first run away. My first birthday present from Miss Karen <laughs> because this is Sweet Georgia. I have never knit with this brand before. But this is for the Canadian knit along that we're doing. And I love yes. that you put in that it is maple scented. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But this is Sweet Georgia and it is in their Tough Love sock in lemon curd and slate. I believe this is. So it is a gray and a sunny lemon. And God, I am so happy to see color again. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the knit along, I will be doing pixie farts which are a set of mittens that we saw in, I believe they were in the Twist Collective. Yeah, they're by Barbara Gregory, and they were in the Winter 2013 Twist Collective. So they are they are a mitten that look like little flowery explosions are happening, which is, you know, use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I will be making for the knit along. I'm very excited because I've heard really good things about this brand. Mm-hmm. It's really nice stuff. Okay, so that's what I'm doing. You know, if I had had a head on my shoulders, I could have fold my, not fold, fulling, yes, fold the um stuff that I spun over the winter since it was warm enough to hang up and put outside. Yeah. Oh, well, spring is coming. <sighs> so there's that. I have not done a lot more physically with the bob socks, but I have done more chart-wise with the bob socks, and mm-hmm. I am getting coached by Miss Wilda in New Zealand. So, um, because she is the crazy person that puts out bunches of patterns and apparently thinks in knitting terms, mm-hmm. I bounce chart ideas and stuff like that off of her, and she's helping me with my problem spots. So anyways, Good. there. There we are. And other than that, I have actually gotten into the garden this weekend. Which means because I'm lazy in the fall and I like to just put all the leaves on top and use them as a sort of mulch Mm -hmm. (laughs) for winter. Yeah, I got to clean all that up now. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So So you can actually hit soil. So I can actually hit soil. And dig Um, something. Yeah. So I did a bunch of raking and I did a little bit of planting because I know it's not the end of the cold season yet, but stuff that is good enough to be planted like six to eight weeks before the end of last frost. Yeah. I've got lots of little seedlings growing inside the house. That works. Because it's sort of like, my rule is that it's not really spring until I've killed a basil (laughs) by putting it out too early. (laughs) I'll raise the poor little sucker inside and then decide, you know what? I think winter is done. It's warm enough and I'll put it outside. And I waited until the end of April one year. Lo and behold, did it snow that day. Yeah, most gardeners, like May 24th is generally considered the, the safe day. I know, to put but you're talking in. to somebody who doesn't, who grew up not seeing seasons. <laughs> I, May to me is a really long time to wait. Well, but anyways, yeah, basil may just live <laughs> inside year round. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the way that I keep him alive. Anyways, that's me. Okay. Yeah, for me, for adventures in knitting, like, I've been working on, like, secret stuff, and it just... It's just, like, you know, it just hasn't worked out this last week. It doesn't help that, like, for a few days I was, like, super sleep-deprived thanks to Circum- power out in the middle of the night and, like, not being able to get back to sleep. And, like, and the next day was also terrible because the next day, the day after, like, there was the day of that morning where it was like so tired and then even the following day i was still like i feel like i'm awake but my brain is obviously not awake like i'm at work and i'm doing like really dumb stuff so like yeah i'm obviously not awake so like between that and other stuff it's just like and like assignments i've had to do and getting ready for march break at the library yeah it's been like nope (laughs) not so much uh, similarly, nope, haven't been sewing. And at the moment, I'm just like, I, I just want to get through this week. <laughs> just get me through this week of March break. There might be, there may be recording of, of us playing Cards Against Humanity with alcohol <laughs> involved later this week. I, I intend to have people over for for Cards Against Humanity with uh, with alcohol involved. I just don't know how the recording, how a possible recording will turn out. So we'll see. Okay. So basically to use the Game of Thrones, um synopsis uh brace yourself march break is coming yes and i'm actually doing a couple of sort of related things for march break uh one of the things i'm doing i'm doing a little stuffed animal embroidery for like tweens and it's basically just like 
two little pieces of felt drawn in a sort of rectangle with, you know, curved sides with two little pointy ears on it for a cat. Um, I've got a little triangle, again, with rounded corners with two big ears on it for a bunny. Okay. Bunny. You know, very sort of simple shapes, but they look super cute. If I do say so myself, and I'll teach the kids like a few simple embroidery stitches, and then they can sew it up and stuff it. And that one was actually nice, has nicely, it has been full for a few weeks now. And we actually have a waiting list of a couple of people. Cool. Which is nice. The other program I was supposed to be doing, I was supposed to be doing a podcasting program for teens, but so far only one person has signed up for it. So. Oh, la boo. Yeah. So we'll see if that's happening. Um, however, I've had a couple things nitty happen recently yes like i went to toronto yes you did and i managed not to buy yarn (laughs) even though i went to the purple pearl well i kind of did buy yarn but it was buying yarn for you yay (laughs) so that doesn't count no it doesn't count (laughs) i'm behind that it doesn't count it's not in your stash it's in mine yeah and i actually went to the um it's the vintage clothing and and the Toronto Vintage Clothing and Antique Show at Exhibition Place. And so they had tons of people who were selling like vintage and antique and clothing and like antiques and vintage items. And there were some really pretty vintage clothes. <laughs> Nothing in my size, of course. It would also, it would just, I mainly went just to see like, just to see the stuff. And to, like, you know, occasionally take a little peek at, like, the construction and stuff like that. Um, and just to, to see the pretties. And also see, you know, sometimes they might have, like, accessories that were kind of cool. Cool. Um, but I didn't see anything that, like, really grabbed me and said, you must take me home. They did. And there was one place that did have some old, like, vintage sewing patterns that I was really tempted. But the person was asking a fair bit of money for them. And it was like, I think I'll leave it for now. I know a few places where I can probably find like reproductiony sort of mm-hmm. patterns for that stuff, and while it was well, it would still be cool to have the originals, especially because I sort of was looking inside and like there was still like handwritten notes on the pattern pieces for like what was what. I figured I'll leave it for now. And then also, episode one of the Geek Club arrived. Yay! So the first episode is Doctor Who themed. This is from Indigo Dragonfly. Yeah, this is the Indigo Dragonfly Geek Club. And I should say there were, there are a few different colorways. I think there's like six or eight different colorways. So like people in the Geek Club, lots of people got like different colorways. So even though I got this one, you might have gotten a different one. Mm -hmm. The one I got is called The Doctor's Wife is in the TARDIS. Nice. And it's merino nylon sock. And it's a beautiful semi-solid blue, slightly tealy. It's really pretty. It's so, it's totally you. I love it so much. Yes, you do. It's going to go live with the other skeins that are that color in my sash. And it comes with what they call little trading cards, which are basically little cards that have like different kinds of dyes on it. The, one of them is called, is, is called Reading Your Yarn. So it says the first step towards successful knitting with hand-dyed yarn is being able to read the color patterning in your skein. So it's basically about like being able to tell what sort of things your skein of yarn will look best with. And so they have different cards. There's one for like variegated yarns with short color repeats. What sort of things work best with that? Variegated yarns with long color repeats. And it also has like a list of best techniques and then also for like two or more skein projects as well as semi-solid or tonal yarns, that sort of thing. And then also came with a little goodie, which is a little clip-on flashlight. So it's a flashlight. It's a flashlight which has a little like like a spring clip, sort yeah. of like a you know like a hinged, like a clothespin, hinged clip. Yeah. So like a clothespin. So you can clip it onto something like say the brim of a hat, or you know if you had a bag sitting next to you, you could clip it on there. Or and then the flashlight, little flashlight bit, is on a hinge that locks into a certain. <laughs> position so you could knit in dim restaurants and cafes yeah <laughs> so but basically so you can angle it toward whatever you're doing so it's really cool pivots in any direction clamps oh it also floats that is handy also handy should you ever go on the titanic <laughs> which i think they are rebuilding aren't they yes yes there is a titanic too being built yeah clamp to your hat pocket laptop tackle box or anywhere else or, or, or almost anywhere else you can think of no, that would hurt. <laughs> well, you know, some people enjoy that kind of thing. I know. Not me, though. <laughs> and then, finally, 
for... Oh, there is a couple things I should mention. Recently, I haven't been having any luck with knitting. But up until recently, I have the the scroll lace socks that I'm doing in the Indigo Dragonfly Hungry Hungry Distopos sock yarn. <laughs> um, I'm on the ribbing for Yay. those at the top cuff, so I am just about done. Of course, I also need to find my darning needles. Which will basically mean going through my knitting bag and like giving every project bag in it a shake. And if I hear a little rattle, that means they're in there. And then I've also been working a bit on when I've had time to sit in front of the TV, which hasn't been a lot, but when I've had time and when I haven't been, you know, watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and live tweeting the entire thing, just because I'm freaking out. Yep. Um, I've been working on my, well, last year's Rhinebeck sweater, <laughs> where I'm at the bottom ribbing okay. on the on the bottom hem. I still just need to do, I need to do the the ribbing at the collar, around the neckline, and then the button band. And then it will be done. Well, after, you know, weaving in ends and adding buttons, but... The technicalities. The knitting part will be done. Yeah. And I, because I would like to get that done sometime soon, so, so <laughs> be- I actually have time to wear it. Before it turns hot. Before it gets too hot. You know, it might be nice, too, to have it for the Knitter's Frolic, which is coming up. I think it's April 30th. Yeah, it's well, it's technically Saturday, April 30th, and Sunday, May 1st, but Saturday, May April 30th is the marketplace. Yay! Which is basically what we go for. Yes, it is. I love the little, art of the little sheep hugging balls of yarn. Yes. With little hearts. That is us. Yep, that is basically us. So yeah, they've and they've got like all the workshops up. They've got all the vendors listed for the marketplace and floor plans. So yay, that's coming up. Yay. And as usual, you and I will be there. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, they have a countdown on here. 48 days to the frolic. Damn. Yep, you and I will be there. Yes, we will. Standard thing. If you see us, say hello. We'll be wearing easily identifiable t-shirts. Yep. Probably the agents of sheep. <laughs> And then finally, for the CanCon Cal. Yes. I am pretty sure at this point <laughs> that I'm going to be doing the Mystic Star Shawl by Anna Dalvey. And I'll be doing it in Tannis Fiber Arts uh, Blue Label Fingering Weight Yarn, which is uh, 8020 Merino Nylon, in the Cosmic Night colorway. Very nice. Which is not, a, as far as I know, if I remember correctly, it's not a regular colorway. It's one that I, I got at her um, Boxing Day sale. And it's really pretty. It's so, teals and blues and a little bit of purples. and so Cosmic pretty. Night going with Mystic Star. Yep. Now, was that, that was intentional. Was that already in your stash? Well, yeah. I had bought it during... Um, oh, that's right. Boxing Day. Boxing Day with the intent of making, like, probably Mystic Star. I think I was originally thinking Mystic Supernova, but I don't quite have enough yarn for that. Unless I want to do the half circle shawl, and I'm not sure I want to. I might still. Anna Dalvey has some really nice patterns. I swooned yes, over a lot of does. her patterns before deciding on the mittens. So if anybody still wants to join with the Knit Along, the Canadian Knit Along, and is unsure, check out Anna Dalvey. Ah, uh, you never know. You might see something that tickles your fancy. Yeah, and we just put a, a sort of a rough start date of like March 21st. It's not like super strict. You don't have Got to it. start that day. Ooh, um, spring, equ- spring equinox. Yeah. Nice. Partly because, you know, spring equinox and also just it gave, you know, after March break and because, you know, when we originally announced it, it was just, it gave some time if people wanted to like order yarn or something. Right. Um, but, you know, you can obviously start, you can obviously start after that. Feel free to join in anytime. We're just going to try and have things done for July 1st, Canada Day. Yay! You know how tempted I was to do the Anna Dalvey's, um, the stocking cap with the Canadian maple, with the maple leaves on it? <laughs> you know how tempted I was to do that? I'm like, no, no, I need a lot of, di- I need yarn, I need to buy yarn. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of, I was looking through, um, if you go on the Ravelry group on the thread, I need to catch up in some of the ones that people have mentioned in thread and add those to the master list up top. But if you look at the master list in the first post, um, there's actually a link there to um, Ravelry lets you sort or filter designers by country. Of course, I'm sure it depends on like whether they've put that in. But so you can filter all the every design in the Ravelry database by the country of the designer and then that so that will give you and it's the link is set to canada right so that will give you every canadian design um and then from there you can filter as you want you know whether for whatever you want to do or what weight yarn you have or whatever when i was looking at it i noticed that um arbor the circular shawl that was in the wool people 
Mm-hmm. Book, Brooklyn Tweed wool people that I had wanted to start doing for my as a, a going to Rod Rhinebeck project, right? But instead did not do because I was still trying to get the Rhinebeck sweater finished. That one is by a Canadian designer, and I wanted to do it. I originally planned to do it in yarn from Custom Woolen Mills, which is a mill from Alberta, which gets fleece from Al- from Canada. And I was so tempted. I was like, oh, maybe I should do that one for the CanCon Cal, but. I only have one skein of the yarn at the moment. I would have to buy the rest. And I'm like, mm, I will do what I have in my stash right now. Of course, the other thing I was thinking for the CanCon Cal is like a week ago, I was like, you know, I did kind of want to do a Glenna sweater. Yes. For Brian Beck. And are you going to do something that's extremely dangerous, silly, possibly crazy? <laughs> so, I mean, in my in my head, I was like, wow, I could do a sweater too. Of course you could. And get a start of my Rhinebeck sweater. Of course you could. But I think I have backed down from the madness, <laughs> at least for a little while. It's not entirely off the table, especially too, because like one of the sweaters I wanted to do, again, I wanted to do it in yarn from custom woolen mills, which again would mean ordering yarn and which is definitely a no-no considering I have, you know, five sweaters worth already of other yarns that I should use. So oh dear. So no, I will hold off on that for a while, but I do kind of want to start a sweater. As soon as I finish this one. So yes. So that's the knitting. Or lack thereof. That's okay. I need to cast on some socks or something. Okay. So moving into Geek Squee. Oh. So first we should probably mention, because there's a couple tra- couple trailers that have come out recently that, oh my god. <laughs> like, for one, we got a trailer for the all-female Ghostbusters movie. Y- yes, we did. Which... I am super excited for. And we got one where um, Mr. Hemsworth talks a little bit more as Yeah, well. we did get the international trailer too, where he actually talks, unlike the other one, where no men actually talk, which is kind of awesome, <laughs> just because it's so different. And like, it's, it's kind of awesome, mainly just because one, there's so many movies with like, you know, that are like 90% male characters. Um... So it's kind of no other movie you could you really make a trailer where none of the main character the none of the men male characters talk, um, and then the other fun thing about it is just because there's so many whiny, whiny little puss babies on the <laughs> internet. they're <laughs> like, "Ma, why do you have to have so many women in this movie? Ma, pandering, ba, ruining my childhood." While I'm sitting here and being like, yes, your tears give me strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh, computer, download the, download the tears of the internet into my hard drive <laughs> so that I can disperse them into a file later and drink them for my breakfast. So yeah, we got the trailer for the, the female Ghostbusters movie. And like, I know I saw the Ghostbusters movies when I was younger. We watched the cartoon. And I really, I remember, you know, really enjoying the cartoon, but I don't really remember much of it. And it's not really like, Ghostbusters hasn't been one of those things. It's been something sort of like, oh yeah, that was a fun, you know, that was a fun part of my childhood. It basically, it was not Jurassic Park to you. No. Yeah. I haven't seen it in like more than 20 years. Um, I kind of want to watch the first movie again now, just to see what it's like before I see the, the next movie. But so it wasn't like... You know, a huge, like, oh my god, so excited when they first announced they were making another Ghostbusters movie. But my ears definitely perked up when they said, okay, it's going to be an all-female team. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, this could be interesting. And, you know, since then, with, like, the promo pictures they put out, I was like, oh, I'm getting excited. And then, like, when the trailers came out, I am like, oh my god, full-on lady boner. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this... Looks like it could be really fun. And I am super excited. There's just, especially it's in the, I forget if it's in the, the, the trailer, the first trailer we got, but in the international trailer, there is a moment where like the camera pans down the line of the Ghostbusters as they fire up the pro, their proton packs. And it's like just something about like seeing that. Like makes me and like them taking the this badass stance and like firing at these ghosts and like something about this makes me so satisfied because they get to be like so hardcore science badasses science badasses yes. and they're all ladies. It's like yes, this is a movie that was made to appeal directly to me. And I think uh, I'm I'm really enjoying the snark of the mechanical engineer they have on the team, mm-hmm. the one that you know sort of. She licks her gun and <laughs> licks her gun, and I'm like, 
Yeah, if I had balls that big, I'd do that too. <laughs> it's basically like they recruited Pink. Yeah. <laughs> there's that one. Mo- there's one moment in the in the first trailer where she gives the camera a little this little wink. Yeah. And I think I saw many women on the on the internet being like, "I'm gay now." Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of gay for her now. So yeah, I, I am very excited for this movie, and I really want to see it, and I hope it does really well. I do too. So the misogynists can go hide in their little caves like the trolls they are and weep and uh we also got another trailer for captain america civil war oh my god which they say is the last trailer the final trailer well it is getting kind of close yeah yeah a bit of a month and a half and oh my god i am not prepared no you are not prepared we have discussed that you need a medical team yeah well considering like even just the trailer there was a couple bits in there where i was like Oh, no. you, you mean the part where he goes, I could do this, this all, all day. day. Oh, no, Anybody who has that. seen the Cap stories suddenly is bleeding a little bleeding bit. Bleeding feels all over the place. I oh. can't cope. Yeah, this is, this is going to be just bleeding all over the place. All right, so if we're going to sidestep the feels just a little bit, because really all that'll make us do is just wail into the microphone and, yeah. you know. People don't want to hear that. Um, yeah. this, this movie looks like it's going to be like difficult. Oh no! God. And like, don't stop! Stop fighting! And it's the longest one so far. Yeah, I know. So, in other words, do not take the big gulp in with you. Yes. Get to the get to the theater early. Go to the potty. Yeah. And when you get to your seat, do not get up again. Do not consume liquids for no. like a couple hours beforehand. No. I am excited to see T'Challa, which mm-hmm. is the Black Panther. Yes. I don't know why. I really dig his character because when, uh, because of my son, you know, getting into the whole thing and we watched the cartoon Avengers mm-hmm. Earth's Mighty Heroes and I really dig his character. So I kind of want to see what they've done with it. I am also curious to see why certain people chose the sides that they did, mm-hmm. particularly. And also kind of like, okay, what exactly is the issue at hand? Because they haven't really said a huge amount no. about it. And then, you know, what exactly are, well, basically Steve and Tony's different stances on it. Because, too, I think the thing is they said with the way they've adapted the storyline, because they can't do the original storyline, it sounds much more like... There's going to be even less of a clear right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, both sides are seem like they're going to be right in some ways, and both sides seem like they're going to be wrong in some ways. Mm-hmm. So, which is going to make it extra interesting. And, of course, the two sides are basically the side that lived almost 100 years ago. Cap, his, mm. his mental processing, his mental thinking. And Tony, who lives pretty much 40 years into the future. Yeah. Yeah, but it seems like it's going to be like, should we have someone to oversee superheroes? Sup- or super anybody. Yeah, yeah, super people. Right. And then... Regulation, basically. Yeah, sort of regulation and oversight. Steve is not for it, because he probably remembers that yeah. being part of the whole war. Uh, well, I mean, because I can see him being more that way, because, like, especially after Winter Soldier. Yes. Um, and even before then, he didn't really agree with everything Nick Fury was doing. So I could see him being sort of like that, okay, how is this not like S.H.I.E.L.D.? Or how is this, you know, this is going to turn out to be, like, exactly like S.H.I.E.L.D. And everything else, where it gets corrupted, and how do we know we can trust the people at the top or something? This is what I'm speculating. Yeah. I kind of want to see, which is kind of like, which is kind of why I want to see exactly how they explain it and stuff. Because technically, like, I'm sorry, Cap, but I, I, I want to support Cap, but at the same time, like, I can definitely see, like... Tony's point of Tony's view. Tony's perspective... Where he's obviously more like, no, we need some kind of oversight and regulation and stuff like that. And like, I can see how that can go badly. And I worry about, you know, who would be put in charge of that and stuff. Because that could be, you know, turned disastrous very easily. But at the same time, like, you also can't have people with superpowers just running around and doing whatever the hell they want. Like, and there's part of me, you know, sort of like, Steve, yes, (laughs) this is a, might be this... You have reason, good reason to distrust people who are in charge and stuff like that. You were also in the army, which is very structured. And it's like, would you have argued that we shouldn't have had the structure of the army to, to fight? Sometimes structure can be a good thing. Personally, I think I'm Team Coulson. 
the, the <laughs> which is what which is sort of i sort of envision <laughs> envision it in the middle team Col- no team colson is we're just going to keep doing what we're doing but you don't know that we're here yeah yeah <laughs> okay we'll talk about that in a yeah, minute, in a minute. I want to know why people chose the sides that they did. Yeah. Particularly Natasha, because in the uh, trailer, she does not look particularly happy with Tony. Mm -hmm. In specifically telling him in so many words as to watch his back. Yeah. But she is still fighting on his side. Well, see, that makes total sense to me, though. Like, at least the concept makes total sense to me, though. Because she doesn't have to... She doesn't have to be happy with Tony. She, I could see her being very not happy with Tony, or very not happy, or not getting along with other people on that side, and being kind of angry partly at herself because she knows... Like, I could see her being lashing out at Tony and stuff because she's sort of, like, feeling guilty that she's not aligning with, you know, Cap or other people, or Hawkeye or people that she's you know, worked with a lot and that she trusts and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, she pretty much was bros with Kat for a whole movie. Yeah. But but at the same time, feeling like, so she's, but at the same time feeling like, essentially like she is the side that she, or her own decision of like, which it should be, happens to be the side that Tony's, Tony's on. Tony's on. That that's what she believes. And she might, so she might not like <laughs> that she's agreeing with Stark or not, might not like having to deal with Stark. But that is the side that she ends up on but because I, of her own decision. I want to know. I want to know that decision though. Yeah, because it separates her from so many of her friends. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye, who turned her from being re- renegade into yeah Shield. Yeah, Cap, Falcon, and Falcon. I mean, I understand her not wanting to be best buds with Bucky. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But I also think Natasha's somewhat of a professional when it comes to that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and if anybody's going to understand what Bucky went through, it will be Natasha. Yes. She went through the whole brainwashing thing and, you know, being yep. turned into an assassin thing. Now, the kicker at the end of the trailer. Mm-hmm. I had to watch this twice to see what Tony was actually saying. Because I didn't <laughs> believe it the first time. Underbrews! <laughs> I'm like, really, Tony? Seriously? Well, you know he's going to have a goofy nickname for Spidey. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, Spidey shows up and steals the cap shield. Yeah. And I'm like, really, Parker? Yeah. Really? Which is kind of the bit of the movie I'm least interested in. Oh, there there are Marvel boys out there that just creamed themselves when they finally oh, got conver- confirmation he was in there. But it's mainly just because it's like... We have had two Spider-Man series in the last 15 years. And Sony wants to run him through again because he's, (laughs) you know, a money factory. And it's like, you know, and Marvel wants to have the right, the share the rights with them again for reasons. Probably, I mean, partly because he's their, you know, originally their creation. And so I'm sure they want, you know, they would like to have that into intellectual property back. But it's also like, do we have to? (laughs) <laughs> like really do we have to he's a bit of a wild card I don't really care you don't care about him <laughs> I don't really care okay I didn't even see the last Spider-Man movies oh I haven't seen so any of them I don't really care oh no that's a lie I have seen one and two I will watch like an entire movie of like Cap and Natasha going to a coffee shop and her just teasing him about like women he should be dating or like his you know the the date he was on like a couple days before. I would watch two hours of that. Instead of a suit, Spider-Man? Instead of Spider-Man, yeah. Oh, now you know how I feel about Star Wars. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's how I feel. No, I lie. I have seen the first two of the Spider-Man movies because I live with Spider-Man fans. Yeah. So, um, yes, they are excited about that part of the movie. Yeah. And well, I mean, and part of it, too, is I'm sure it's because, like, you know, I didn't... When you divor- when you don't have a background in like watching the cartoons or reading the comics or whatever, you know you again it's sort of like you know sort of like Star Wars or sort of like other things. You don't have that that emotional attachment from when you were younger, right? To give you the incentive. So I am just judging based on what I have seen in the last fifteen years, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> there are other characters in the comic book, you know, universes that I care about more, and Spidey is not one of them. So. Okay. 
Yeah, so anyway. We'll have to wait and see what Coulson says about Spider-Man. <laughs> I would prefer Coulson to say something about Spider-Man in the goddamn movie, but I don't think that's going to happen, considering, like, stuff that the writers of the movie have said. Anyways. All right, so let's move on. Speaking of Coulson. Yeah, speaking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. Yes, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. So. And it's already been renewed for season four. Yes, it has. It was renewed before it it aired last yeah, week. before it even aired. Which is very early for ABC, but I was sort of thinking in you know, a couple podcasts I said, sort of said the same thing, where it's like ABC just got a new CEO, I think. Um, someone, you know, very basically someone very high up or mm-hmm. like, you know, the person in charge of creative, whatever. And so there were some people who were like, not sure how that would affect the Marvel shows, which tend not to have the, the highest ratings because the person who had been there before was very supportive of the Marvel shows. Maybe this new person wouldn't be. But so some of it might be that that per the, the new person who's actually a woman. Yeah. So the new person at the as chief of ABC Entertainment is actually... A woman of color. Awesome. Named Channing Dungy. Or Dungy. D-U-N-G-E-Y. Which is awesome. So part of it may have been sort of a, okay, we'll announce a few shows early. Like very early. Just to sort of settle everybody's nerves a little Mm, bit. Okay. Because every other year, like, they have waited until the May upfronts, which is like generally around the time of the season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So generally we've been going into the season finale, like the days before the season finale, and found out if the show is coming back the next year. So, so yeah, we are back, and we have guaranteed season four, which is nice. Yes, it is. Maybe they won't feel the need to give us, or well, they probably now they'll probably be able to go balls out with a kick in the pants stinger at the end of the season finale. Yeah, they will. But yes, they're back, and we have new characters. One of the coolest things about the new episode was, A, it was kind of awesome that already like the show was on International Women's Day. Yes. And we've got, like, so many awesome female characters and female characters of color in the, in the show, and which is kind of awesome. And they added another one! Because <laughs> the one of the storylines took place in... Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. Spanish-speaking origin, so... Yeah. You had a language barrier between a lot of the characters. Yeah, which was really neat in them because so then we got to see one of the one of the people we haven't got to the new Inhumans we haven't got to see very much, but fans really love Joey. Joey talking to the new Inhuman that has come up, Elena Rodriguez, who gets the nickname Yo Yo because basically she can she can move incredibly fast, but she always snaps back to where she started. And it always depends on her heartbeat. Yeah, she can move as fast as, like, I think she said, like, one, as she, as far as she can go. In one heartbeat. In one heartbeat before she has to snap back. Which is kind of neat because then that's a, that's a cool way of limiting her super speed power. Right. So it doesn't become. She doesn't become the flash. Too easy. Right. Yeah, so way so that she's not the exact same as the flash. And then also so that it gives a limitation so that, you know, then certain things don't become, like, too easy, um, to accomplish. And are already sparks flying between her and yeah and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a few. I've seen a few ship names for them. One of my my favorite was Yo Yo Ma <laughs> for her and Mac. But they seem to really get along by the end of it. Well, she did kidnap him. I mean, how do other yeah. romances start? But and I loved I loved the way they introduced her character and the way they develop her character even in just this one episode because. In this one episode, like she, by the end of the episode, she is fully fleshed character with multiple sort of dimensions and her own like very clear, like personal opinions and goals and things. And it is really cool. (laughs) I love it so much. Coulson. Oh, Coulson. You are not making good decisions, honey. (laughs) Oh, honey, I'm so worried about you. You need to back away. Coulson needs to go on a vacation, not to Tahiti. Yeah, he needs some time off. And needs to, to reevaluate things because, cause honey, you were doing some things which are not okay. You're, you're being a bit too much Nick Fury right now. So Coulson had a meeting with the president. Yeah. At which point the president appointed him head of the ATV. Well, he's sort of... Wait a, a minute, ATV? A- AT... 
ATCU. ATCU. Sorry, that the other one was <laughs> a vehicle. Yeah, she and basically it's sort of interesting. It sets up Shield now as like okay, higher up people like the president know about it, but for the moment it's still going to remain a secret, and. Certain people will be reporting to Coulson. He's sort of nominally in charge. He's sort of in charge of everything the ATCU is doing now. But it will appear that someone else is running. Right. So S.H.I.E.L.D. is sort of getting back into into a larger role and into an ability to move within the world without quite as much danger. Possibly. Now, to some of those uh, decisions that he is making, of course, by the end of the the episode, he finds out that the new head of the ATCU is... <laughs> Someone we know is Talbot. Talbot. <laughs> Which is going to be so much fun, because I really enjoy them. <laughs> sort of be like, I don't really like you, but we got to work together. You, you seem like kind of like an honorable guy, and I guess we got to work together. I don't like you. I don't like you. But I don't really like you. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. I but they still sort of like, don't really get a lot... Like, seem to respect... They have that... Sort of like mutual respect without really getting along, which is kind of nice because you know it's a it's the way humans interact. Like it's not always like oh you are a good person therefore you are now my best friend. Yes, but there was that one line at the end of the episode that just just slaughtered me. <laughs> which one was that? May's line to Coulson: "You've joined the cavalry." Ah, yes. I was like. <sighs> I can't. Ouch. <laughs> Feels cannot cope. Ouch. Feels yes. bleeding yes. all over the place. And May would know. So yeah, I mean, the, the this first episode is basically sort of setting up, of course, for the rest of the season. But it was still like even on its own, it was a really good tight like episode. And of course, at the beginning of the episode, there was that flash forward to three months from now. Yes, which is like. What is happening? Who is that? Why? How did they get in danger? And are they going to be okay? And WTF? Oh my god! Okay, and it's like, and of course, three months from now is the season finale. Right? It's like you bastards. I kind of okay. need to watch that scene over and over in detail and like freeze frame. Oh yes, in other things that were making us squeal and flail. Oh my god! The Canadian Prime Minister and the U.S. President are the cutest, cutest bromance ever! I cannot tell you how many people are talking about this everywhere <laughs> I went. Yeah, so Canadian, the new Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, went on the... It's the first official visit to the States by a Prime Minister in quite a while. 20 years. Yeah. And so he there was an official state dinner with President Obama and like official press conferences and stuff like that. And they are adorable. Yes, they are. Because they are two hip, cool dudes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were holding babies and they were taking jabs about hockey and... Yes, and hockey and Justin Bieber. Though I loved, um, I think it was at the dinner, Justin Trudeau made comments about like, you know, our, our countries are, are fairly similar. You know, we come from, we come from the same parent, <laughs> you know. You know, we're, we're basically, we're siblings. Yes. We come from the same parent. Yeah. Some of us rebelled at a younger age. <laughs> and he said, and some of us decided to stay home a little longer, <laughs> to live at home a little longer. <laughs> oh. But, you know, we're like siblings, basically. Yes. Which yes. I just loved. <laughs> some of us decided to stay home. And just, you know, moved out on her own without pissing off mom and dad. Oh, God, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yes. Uh, so if if you couldn't guess, we love them. Yes. We love them. And apparently the American press loves him, loves Trudeau as well. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, one of the one of the cool nerdy things from the dinner, of course, at the official dinner, there was a whole bunch <clears throat> of like Canadians, both an official contingent as well as... Mm-hmm. Canadians who now live and work in the States, especially in, like, entertainment and stuff. One of which was Ryan Reynolds. Yes. So Deadpool. Deadpool was at the the White House. And one of the best pictures, one of the best, is Ryan Reynolds talking to, I think it's Malia Obama. I don't know about this picture, so I'm really curious. Super fan Sasha Obama gets a thumbs oh, up. Oh, Sasha Malia. Okay, so Thursday night, it, I'm looking at an article on Refinery29. Um, 
And basically, Thursday night was Sasha and Malia Obama's first, very first state dinner. Oh, <laughs> the girls are cute. growing up. <laughs> the way they wrote and written it. Between the stunning dresses, the chance to hobnob with world leaders, and the reality of being the children of one of the most powerful men in the world, it's hard to know what they were most excited about. Oh, who are we kidding? It's totally meeting Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. So basically in the photo, Sasha Obama is having a fangirl moment because she's got her hands up in the flailing pose. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the... And she's got this big grin on her face. And in the background, her sister Malia is looking at her with like a thumb and giving her a double thumbs up. I'm not sure where the smile is slightly sarcastic. You got this, girl. You got this. Well, what the hell? She's it got... Is super adorable. But <laughs> just love Malia's expression. Oh. And it's like, and really, like, Sasha, girl, we can't blame you. No, we can't blame you. Like, dude, seriously, if we were meeting Ryan Reynolds, it'd be the same thing. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. I would be at a state dinner, and I'd just sort of, like, you know, pull something out of my purse or out of my, you know, what, I'd probably buy cleavage for the evening and, you know, (laughs) unroll a Deadpool poster and say, could you sign this for me? (laughs) (laughs) Miraculously pull this poster out of your cleavage. Hey, if the Joker can pull, like, a four-foot pistol out of his pants, I should be able to, like, pull a little eight and a half by 11 out of my cleavage. Yes, and if that's not enough cute for you, you need to see the picture of Justin Trudeau with panda bears. With baby baby panda bears. On his lap. That is awesome. Cuddling two baby panda bears on his lap at the Toronto Zoo. It is adorable. It's like, bam, pregnant. (laughs) Just looking at (laughs) Two baby panda bears, one for each ovary. (laughs) Boom and boom. Was there anything else you wanted to mention? No, I can't think of anything. Okay. So, and in the second of, I think, a two-part segment so far... Maybe three, depending on how many of these things I've actually mentioned. Okay. Um, in like Carrie's, Karen's newbie gamer reviews. I feel like there should be a little jingle. Karen's newbie gamer reviews. You know. <laughs> um, somebody do that. <laughs> oh God, somebody will. That's somebody I'm afraid well, of. Well, see, I can't sing and I certainly can't <laughs> sing in tune in chorus with other people. So I can't help you with it. So yeah. So in, in other things. I occasionally just find out about a computer game that sounds interesting. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. Uh-huh. And I think so far, you know, over the last, you know, six, eight months, I think this is now the third. Because I'm not like a super huge gamer, so. No, but every once in a while, but, it's good to go. I I call it killing the brain cells. I am done with the day. I want to go and kill some brain cells. Some of these are not so much brain cell killing, which is fun. Okay. But, um, and so I found a couple, like, cool indie ones. I think I've mentioned Little Inferno and maybe Banished on here. I may, may not have mentioned Banished, but I'll save it for another time. Because uh, there's one that came out recently that I have been kind of obsessed with <laughs> in the last month, as people who know me yes. and who follow me on Twitter will probably have noticed. Yes. There's a one a game that came out in early February called Firewatch, uh-huh. which is by a small game studio called Campo Santo. C-A-M-P-O-S-A-N-T-O. And they're actually, they describe themselves as a, as a small but scrappy video game developer in San Francisco. And a lot of the people who, who work on it, who worked on the game, or members of Campo Santo, are, have done like fairly big sort of games beforehand. I think a few of them have done like, uh, like one of the Walking Dead, I think Walking Dead Season 1 is okay. the name of the game or something like that. So a lot of people were sort of watching this to see what it would be like and have been really excited based on the trailers and stuff. And basically Firewatch, is a game where it's a first-person viewpoint, very story-driven walking simulator, which is basically your character. You play a character named Henry who has signed up to be a fire lookout mm-hmm. in the Shoshone National Forest near Yellowstone in Wyoming for a summer, partly to get away from like personal things that are going on at home. And while he's there, things start happening. And... His only human contact is with his supervisor, Delilah, who's in another lookout tower. So he only has contact with her through radio. And so there's a fair bit of it that's based in like, who can you trust? How do you, you know, what do you do when this voice on the radio is your only lifeline, the only other human contact you have, and when things are going wrong, and like, how how do you deal with stuff that, that is happening that is creepy? Is is it somewhat X Files ish? 
It's sort of, it's, I should say, like, it's not a horror game. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's sort of slightly a mystery game, but it, it's really, really in a way, it's more of like a, the mystery sort of feeds the, the characters and the, the, the player sort of like psychological, like examination sort of thing where you're, there's a lot to think of when you finish this game, basically. And it's called, they call it a walking simulator because basically what you do is you have to, you know, leave your tower and walk to these different landmarks to try and find out stuff like the first day that Henry's there. You know, he's in his lookout tower and Delilah's, you know, introducing him to the the job over the radio. And all of a sudden you see fireworks. And like, the forest is under like an extreme, like, fire warning. Right. No campfires, no fireworks, because you could burn down the forest doing that. So she's like, there's no other ranger within like, you know, a day's hike of you. Can you please like walk down? It looks like it's down by the lake. Could you walk down to the lake and deal with it? And you're like, okay. So basically you have to walk out of your tower, walk, you know, follow the paths and like climb down these hills and stuff like that and walk to, you know, where this is. And you have a map that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of places. It's it's kind of open world too. So you can explore a bunch of different places. It, it kind of, it, it semi funnels you toward the story, but you also have ability to sort of explore as well. And it's, it gets really tense later on. And it's really interesting to, like, if you don't want to play the game, it's really interesting to watch Let's Play videos or like game walkthroughs for it. I would really recommend the ones done by a YouTuber that goes by Markiplier. Okay. Because his are really funny. <laughs> his are really funny. Hey guys, just popping in with an addition. Um, I just wanted to mention that actually someone we know, Emily, has just finished doing a playthrough of Firewatch on her YouTube channel. So you can find her at Wench Fairy. That's W-E-N-C-H-F-A-E-R-Y. Hers and Mark's style are fairly different, but they're both really good. Mark tends to scream a little bit more and like flail and be a little more theatrical and talk a lot. Emily is still really funny and everything. But she, you know, lets the game just sort of breathe a bit more and you, and you can hear all the dialogue and stuff. So, you know, whichever version, like, floats your boat. I'd still recommend, I'd still definitely recommend both. Um, one of the interesting things about the game is you get different dialogue options based on your choices. So there were a few things, even though I'd watched a ton of playthroughs, there was a few things when I watched Emily, like, huh, I've never heard that dialogue before. And I have watched a bunch of Let's Plays for this. So yeah, check those out. It's awesome. It's kind of like watching a movie, really. I love this game so much! Okay, back to the commentary. And I should mention, too, like, if you want to play this game, this is not this is not a game to speedrun. You do not want to speedrun through this game. Because if you do, you are going to miss a lot. And you are going to... You are going to miss part of the point of the game, I will say, really. Because there's so many... There's tons of times in the games where, like, you see things, even not things that are, like, directly, like, clues to what is going on but even other things. And like you will, you can talk to Delilah over the radio about them. You can choose your responses and how you respond to what you talk to her about and how you respond to her will change your relationship with her and like the amount of information, you know, and that sort of thing. Okay. So it's very, it's a very character driven, very story driven, sort of thoughtful sort of game. And I really enjoyed it. (laughs) I've, Oh, I haven't played it in like a week and I really want to, even though I'm like just about done my second go through the game. I kind of want to play it again just because I really like it. And the music is so gorgeous. Especially like my first, the first track on the, the soundtrack for it, which I bought, I just absolutely love and I find it very peaceful. And I just, I, I love being in this game. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. And I, I pretty much almost as soon as I'd watched, like as soon as I'd played it, I was like getting Firewatch alternate universe ideas for fanfics. Oh dear. <laughs> it's like, I want to write this. Okay. But yeah. Oh, and the, and I should say like the backgrounds for it, the, the art for it is gorgeous. Like it's stylized, but it's stylized sort of in the, in the style of like some of the, the posters for the national parks that mm-hmm. were done in like the 1930s. So the, the artwork is just gorgeous, and I love it so much. Oh, and I should mention, the big, very beginning of the game, there is a little bit of a text sort of game thing at the beginning, which sort of sets up the character. So it's really cool. They have a trailer on their 
If you go to www.firewatchgame.com, there's like the artwork and links to download as well as to buy it, as well as uh, the trailer for it. Cool. So you can sort of see what it's what it's like. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to other things, because I could probably talk about this for quite a while. Let's go into Cravings, Covets, and Crashes. Yep, let's do that. One of the movies out... Well, actually, there are two movies out that I really want to see. One is Zootopia, because it looks super cute, and I can totally identify with somebody who's smaller than the average bunny. Um, <laughs> and um, I really hope she's a ninja by the end. And Kung Fu Panda 3. I haven't seen the third one. I really want to. Anyways. But this is probably not the week to go see either. No, this is not the week to go see either. So has anybody else seen it? And can you tell me if they are worth the trip or if it's worth the sit down? Yeah, I really hope the bunny turns into a ninja by the end. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Yes, winter may be leaving, but, uh, well, depending on which hemisphere you're in, winter may also be coming. Yes. And so we have found a Ned Stark iPhone or iPad case. Now, um... Yes, we all know what happened to Ned Stark, and if you don't, he was played by Sean Bean. That should be enough to let <laughs> That's you know. A clue, um, so if you want, you could. That does not count as a spoiler anymore. No, it doesn't. Uh, it, that that's a couple of years. Not ago. because not because the show that part of the show is a couple years old, but because Sean Bean. Bean. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to, you can just rename this as Hand of the King if you want to like get rid of any you know <laughs> any yeah. uh, residual bad luck cases. Complete with a uh, Hand of the King badge on the front, which is pretty neat. And they look like they are quilted, or what would be armor sort of style leather outside. Yeah, with studded leather on the outside. And both have interior card pockets, magnetic closure, and other metal details. It looks really cool, actually. I thought that they. I thought it was pretty neat. And of course you can find this at ThinkGeek. Oh, where else? of course. Where else would you get that? <laughs> 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 the North remembers, but occasionally asks Siri. <laughs> yeah, it's a Think Geek experience exclusive, so. I can just imagine trying to put, you know. Perfect for protecting your favorite heads free, hands free device. Ew, low blow. Mm -hmm. So, next, what is Knitlandia? So, Clara Parks of KnittersReview.com has just published a book called Knitlandia, mm -hmm. which is about her travels in the world of knitting. Yeah. Officially, it's called Knitlandia, A Knitter Sees the World. And it's basically sort of a personal memoir about places she's visited and knitters that she's met. And I'm looking at the a review in the Washington Post of this right now. <laughs> um, so, you know, majorly, it says her travels have included stops at fiber mills, yarn-centric retreats, and an ever-blossoming number of events that draw knitting enthusiasts. You know, she goes to Iceland and Paris. And I haven't had a chance, I haven't had a chance to read the whole book. But when I was in chapters the other day... Of course, I went in, and I sort of flipped through, mm -hmm. expecting to find, and of course I found, a chapter on Rhinebeck. Of course. And just just reading that chapter... Oh, no, you got feels for Created all a over yearning again. Oh, in no, my heart. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's too soon for this already. It has never really stopped. All right. If there are any science people out there, we need to create teleportation because Miss Karen needs to go and sleep in Rhinebeck every night, <laughs> kind of like her own little hobbit burrow. Yes, but I need, or you know, every couple weeks I need all the nitty friends to get together. Well, that's when teleportation is useful. Yes, we can all get together and have a little weekend together, and that'll tide us over until actual Rhinebeck. But yeah, so basically each chapter, and they're fairly you know shortish chapters, depending on you know. They vary a little bit, but they're about like a different place that she visits. And, and I do really want to read the rest of the book. But I've also seen like a few other knitters that I know on Twitter and stuff reading it. And they've, they've really enjoyed it. So good. I did see uh, it says there with Rye Wit. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> I'm just, again, quoting from the, um, from the review. They say that she acknowledges what most knitters instinctively know. And then quoting from the book itself. When more than one knitter gathers in a public place, dot, dot, dot. We become incongruously conspicuous, a species that other people aren't used to seeing in flocks, like a cluster of corgis, a dozen Elvis impersonators waiting for the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's Knitlandia by Clara Parks. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, we have some wonderful squee for you. Yes. This is beautiful. Speaking of adorable things from earlier. So St. Fagan's National History Museum in Wales um, has a number of different rare breeds 
of sheep that they have as part of, you know, trying to preserve some of the rare Mm -hmm. breeds and some of the traditional breeds of the area. And they're traditional breeds of Wales and Britain. Of course, this time of year is lambing season. So they have set up (laughs) the lamb cam. Warning, counting sheep may cause drowsiness. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, basically they've set up a camera inside the lambing shed and... They, uh, basically, it shows you a still image ever taken every 10 seconds. So you can watch and see baby lambs being born. Yay! Or just watch the sheep. Yep. For a while. I might just put that up in my background in my office. Oh, look at that one with the little face. Yeah, is that the same one that you were, you were, uh, mentally cuddling before? Possibly. Possibly. It's so fluffy. They're all fluffy. They haven't been sheared yet. Yeah. They're so floofy. And you've still got a fair, depending on when I get this out, uh, you may still have a fair bit of time because they said there are currently about 100 breeding ewes in the flock and they're hoping for over 150 lambs. And currently the lambometer <laughs> is set, or the lambometer, is set to 56 births to date. Okay. And if you'd like to see the distribution of the births over the days of the month, you can check out the ba chart, which shows you the number of lambs born each day. Looks like March yeah. 11th was very busy. Yeah, looks like a busy day. 11, 11 lambs born in one day. That would be fun. They also have a section called Highlights from the Shed, where you can see videos of different uh, most adorable moments. So they have feeding time up there. Where is the new twins? Aww, tiny little lambs. <laughs> flapping their little ears as mommy cleans them off. That's so cute. So yes, if you'd like to see adorable little baby sheeps, there you go. Squee. And the last thing I wanted to show everybody, because I just saw this and I thought it was too cool to pass up. Oh my god. Wouldn't you love to live there? I just clicked on the link for the the main St. Fagan's Museum page and like they showed it. They showed the setup of like the stone wall and it looks like a house covered in snow. You want to go learn to be a shepherdess? God. I don't know if I wanted to go with sheep poop. Lambing. They have Lambing Experience Day on the 9th, 13th, 16th, and 20th of March. St. Fagan's Museum Ghost Walk. Ooh. Cool. A guide to land presentation. <laughs> it looks like they got... What? The- they show how lambs are inside their mother's uterus with stuffed blankets and stuffed animals. Well, you know. <laughs> some kids don't know. How they present. Ah, I see. One leg back, a.k.a. Superman. Okay, so the ideal way that they are born, sometimes they're head back, sometimes they're backwards, sometimes they're breech. Yeah, I got it, I got it. Yeah, they just explain how each one, they might need help from the shepherd. Okay, so I found Celtic Celestial Wolves by Tanya Richer. Ooh, and that's wolves. Yep. As in the animal. (laughs) Oh, Wow. Holy crap. Now, what this looks like is double knitting. Mm. This looks like this is a big triangular shawl, and I do mean big. It is like a wingspan of what looks like six feet, I think. And it is Celtic knotwork wolves, one on each side with a center knot. And right now, and of course, because it's double knitting, you flip it over, you get the reverse sort of uh, color work done. Right now, she says, because wolves and ravens work so well together, you can purchase Celtic Celestial Wolves and Thought and Memory Celtic Raven together for $12, which makes $4 off, eight for each, Mm -hmm. through to Wednesday, March 16th. By the time this gets out, mm, (laughs) probably not. Maybe not, but, but. you know, you never know. She may just, you know, extend it or something like that. Or you still want to go see this, trust me. Yeah, because it, it, it is worth it. You can also purchase... Both these patterns is part of the Creatures of Celtic Fantasy pattern series, which also includes Celtic Sky Dragon and Celtic Sun Griffins. I've got to see this. Wow. That is some intense double knitting. That is amazing. Okay. Also bonkers, but amazing. <laughs> you are one to talk about bonkers. Seriously. <laughs> and this is the Griffin. That is amazing. And... Let's see. There's the raven. Wow. That is so detailed. Look at all the detail on those feathers. Yep. Wow, that is mental. So if you're in for a big project. (laughs) If you feel like a bit of a challenge. If you are hunkered down underneath six feet of snow and you're not getting dug out for another couple of months. (laughs) 
I think that would be awesome. And has anybody worked on these before? Oh, and more from her, too. The Kraken. Uh, she does a bunch of these. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's the, tons of these. And they are The Kraken. Amazing. The Great Old One. Holly Dragon Scarf. Hello. Interesting. Pine Dragon one? Scarf. Tree of Life Shawl. Oh, wow. That is amazing. That is a crazy amount of detail. That is so detailed. There's one that looks like it's just wings. Mm-hmm. Winged triangle yep. shell. Wings. And so, again, super detailed. If you want your own set of wings, you can knit your own. How about that? Wow. Yeah, you need to go check out all her stuff because, wow. It's Tanya Richter. T-A-N-I-A-R-I-C-H-T-E-R. <laughs> Appropriately enough, her her website is epicknits.blogspot.com. Yep. <laughs> I think that counts as epic. All right. Okay, I think that's about it. Yes. Yeah. So, get ready for the CanCon Cal. If you're joining in, post in the thread with what you want to do and what you're making it in. Remember, you don't have you the goal is to use either Canadian yarn or Canadian design pattern or both. Doesn't have to be both. And as we said, you know, Canadian designer includes people who were born in Canada and have moved elsewhere, people yep. who were born elsewhere and moved to Canada. And if you've got maple tea, go ahead, yep. have some. Or maple cookies. Or maple fudge. Because why not? <laughs> and we will talk to you again soon. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or comment at our blog at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K N I T one G E E K two dot M T dash P O C K E T S dot O R G. You can find us on Twitter and on Periscope at at knit one geek two. You can also discuss the episodes and other geeky things at our Ravelry group. Just search for knit one geek two in the groups tab. You can also email us at knit one geek two at gmail.com. And remember in space. No one can hear you squee.